Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's do the right thing! panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to scramble an egg? Get Seth Brundle to operate the teleporter. He's rubbish at it. <laughs> Don't worry, it gets better. <laughs> We're at the Phoenix in London. I'm Danielle Ward and with me trying to do the right thing today. If you Google him, you get three photos of a young boy. It's Michael Legg. <laughs> the looks of a Hoxton bartender <laughs> and the name of a failed 80s cartoon. It's Rufus Hound. <laughs> and on my right, she used to play pregnant women. Now she plays housekeepers and receptionists. <laughs> it's Margaret Cavon Smith. <laughs> and with her, she's like a pessimistic devil perched on the shoulder of Mike Atherton. <laughs> it's Diane Morgan <laughs> As they demand in the Geneva Convention We're starting with round one The importance of being right Just like the athletic allotment owner Who's looked up squat thrusts in the cucumber patch On his wife's laptop <laughs> I've run into some unexpected problems online In this round I'm going to give each team a scenario And they're going to tell me what the right thing to do is According to Osama bin Internet. <laughs> Osama bin Internet, surely. <laughs> you write it. <laughs> Michael and Rufus. Last night you dreamt you went to Mandalay again. Your old school teacher was there, but he was actually an axolotl in a hat, and all your teeth fell out and you couldn't remember your own phone number. <laughs> Awake now, you blame this very weird dream on the hallucinogenic drugs you took with some Native Americans in the Nevada desert. You jump into the Ford Mustang and head back to Vegas, but oh no, your pussy wagon stops on a dirt track. You're all out of gas, dingbats, and there are no other cars around. But what is the right thing to do if you run out of petrol in the middle of nowhere? According to Wilderness Survival Blog. I don't know, is there petrol in cactuses? <laughs> That's what I've heard. Are you still on the hallucinogenic drugs that we took with the Native American Indians? Yeah, I'm in character. <laughs> I've heard you can't use cooking oil. I've heard you can use cooking oil. <laughs> are, are you on hallucinogenic drugs? <laughs> Rufus, do you drive? I do. None of us do. Oh, really? I ride a motorcycle also. Oh. I know, it's really cool. I'd never... <laughs> Have you ever run out of petrol? Anybody who drives, which I realise is almost nobody in this room now. There's basically a game you play when you're running out of petrol, which is how far can you push it below the red line before disaster strikes. And, uh, I'm like that with relationships. 
Do you not keep a, one of them cans in the back? A jerry can? <laughs> that, I've seen that on film. No, I think that of all the things that could happen to you as a white middle-aged man, yeah. being alone and running out of petrol is less dangerous than carrying with you what is essentially a bomb. <laughs> Does anybody, have you ridden a motorbike? No. I have. My uncle, who's now dead, had one. <laughs> How did he die? Skin cancer. <laughs> oh, my God. This is awful. It's an awful... I'm sorry, I, just, I know I just applauded the death. <laughs> I, I thought this was going to be, like, loose women. <laughs> You've been on the back of his bike, have yes. you? Yeah. It's good. It's scary, though, having to lean into the bend. You don't want to. No. Mm. MCS, you were going to pipe up um, there? Yeah, I've been on, <laughs> on the back of um, a motorbike and the man <laughs> subsequently lost his arm. <laughs> really? I, that's weird, isn't it? Careless. <laughs> I don't want to say why I lost touch with him. <laughs> Is there an arm in your fridge? <laughs> sure, that's less embarrassing, yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite cold-hearted when talking about a man who lost his arm to say you lost touch. <laughs> Michael, why have you never learnt to drive? Oh, that's a great story, and it's very much in the theme. <laughs> Genuinely, my driving instructor died. <laughs> You know what I'm. You know what I'm like. Uh, you know, grumpy and all that. He's genuinely. I'm the, the least angry Northern Irish person ever. And he was the angriest Northern Irish person ever. He worked every day uh, in a really, really horrible job. He worked in the police in Northern Ireland. Not very nice. And then he did driving instructing, which is a job he shouldn't have done because he was incapable of speaking to idiots calmly. And then he, uh, he decided to have a day off and he played golf and he died. <laughs> That's how he died. He relaxed to death. <laughs> OK, I'll simplify the question. Is it better to stay with your car or walk somewhere? The scenario is Rufus and I are in the middle of the desert yeah. and we've got no petrol. We may have to stay put, I'm guessing. I assume we can't Uber. <laughs> I sort of weirdly think I do know. Basically, you climb under the car, so you stay in the shadow. On the inside of the car, it's... Vampires? <laughs> no, but keeping the sun off you, basically, yeah. is the thing. And then you wait till night-time, and if you think you've got a chance of walking for it, you walk at night. And also, it'll be so cold in the desert at night-time, you need to keep warm, and you can keep warm by walking. Oh, so you, really I think good. that is the right answer. Has this happened to you? <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm one of those people that does have a plan for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Motorbike. <laughs> The roads will be jammed with cars. We've all seen the movies. You need something they can get around the cars. Where do you go? The port. My plan is to become a zombie. Because I reckon they're going to win. That's, that's your plan for everything. <laughs> a vegan zombie. There's bound to be one. One really loud and annoying one. I think you'll find broccoli looks exactly like brains. It's our expert, Ian Paisley. Ben, what 
are the actual answers? Rufus's answer is brilliant, but not the one that the Wilderness Survival blog give. So um, <laughs> those idiots. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to give Michael half a point for saying stay put, because it's almost never a good idea to abandon your vehicle and attempt to hike out of the wilderness. Searchers will always spot a vehicle before they find a lone hiker. But if it reaches a point where you do decide to leave the vehicle behind and hike out, leave a note for the search and rescue team on the dashboard where it's protected from the elements. And their final point is don't take off across country thinking you're taking a shortcut to civilization. Follow the road you drove in on. Your chance of encountering someone who can help you is far higher if you're on the beaten path. I'm going to be using that as an insult a lot more often. Follow the road you drove in. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you and the road you drove in on. <laughs> so uh, half a point to Michael and Rufus. Margaret and Diane, a plague has killed most of humanity and has transformed the rest into monsters. You two and your dog, Kinky Boots, named after your favourite Broadway show, are the only... I've already lost the plot. (laughs) Are the only survivors in a broken New York City. For three years you have sent out daily radio messages hoping to find others left alive whilst fighting the infected who roam the streets. Life is almost unbearable. The only glimmer of hope is that you've applied for a job at the DMV in Chicago. The big interview is tomorrow, nerve-wracking. You're so desperate not to mess up that you're finding it impossible to drop off. But what is the right way to go to sleep, according to the Daily Mirror website? (laughs) What's happened? (laughs) She's just woken up. How do you get to sleep? Is that the question? (laughs) How do you sleep at night? Do you find yourself troubled by insomnia at all? Never, never. I sleep like a baby. Oh, that's nice. Let me tell you, that's That's, waking every three hours, (laughs) eating a lot, puking. (laughs) Yeah, you're a new mother. How do you get to sleep? Yeah. um... Do you put it in a box? (laughs) I've got a friend who swears by a warm Baileys and a wank. Time. Simultaneous. <laughs> a wank generally works. <laughs> you, you'd think I... a wank would work until you get somewhere in your mid 40s. That's even worse. When you lose interest in yourself, it's a really horrible place. I don't know when I'm going to get the spark back. <laughs> Does a wank work for ladies as well? Does a what? Ladies a wank. Can wank. No, no, I know. <laughs> Does having a wank make you sleepy? In your experience, does it make them chat? If you do it well. <laughs> if you pretend to have come, no. <laughs> oh my god, even, even when you wank, you have to finish yourself off. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be rude, but it wasn't my understanding that that was the thing. Well, that's why you need the Baileys, I'm guessing. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't know what you're getting at. What? Well, basically... It doesn't I, put I, you my, to sleep. My understanding of it was that the stereotype of men right, coming and then literally rolling over and being like... Yeah. Done. Yeah. Ladies is, have that, too. Is, yeah. Do they have that, too? Well, yeah. do you know what? As I get older, I don't. I've got really... <laughs> Do you like, I'm ready to go again? (laughs) No, I just want another chapter of my book. (laughs) I've been interrupted, you know. (laughs) But that's sort of a difference of which I have had some experience. The act of coming... I was looking for a euphemism there. (laughs) All of them made me sick in my mouth. (laughs) 
that's one. But the act of coming. <laughs> it's like an enlivener more than it is a soporific. What do they get up and do stuff after? Well, like, there's like an hour and a half of like, oh, I can't sleep now. Like, you know, I'll read my book or I'll. That's because you've taken her to the edge and then not completed. Oh! Oh no! <laughs> I mean. She's right. <laughs> there are lots of ways of finding this out, but I didn't think you'd be here now on the internet. <laughs> You can find out everything on the internet now. Do you know what I really genuinely do when I can't sleep? Mm -hmm. I go through all of the characters in Friends alphabetically and oh try to God. name their relatives. <laughs> <laughs> Only I've got a bit good to sit and I can get to the end now before I've fallen asleep. The six main or all of six the... Six main, the six main. I don't know Gunther's great fucking <laughs> uncles, do I? I've never okay. seen Friends. Never. What? I should point out, Michael, it's a television <coughs> show, it's not a concept. Oh! <laughs> Maybe I have seen it then. <laughs> I've seen the Northern Irish version, Cunts in a Fountain. <laughs> it does sound intrinsically more threatening, doesn't it? I'll be there for you. <laughs> hey, Beverly, great to be there for you. <laughs> I don't think that's the lyric. <laughs> Margaret and Diane. Yeah, but the real lyrics are even more threatening in a Belfast accent. So, no one told you life was going to be this way. <laughs> <laughs> Your job's a joke, you broke. <laughs> Your love life's like, IRA. <laughs> We've got to go with that. Margaret and Diane, the Mirror website listed several tips for trying to get to sleep. One of them involves the left nostril. Any ideas? <laughs> is it that alternate breathing thing the meditating thing where you breathe in up your left nostril and breathe out through your right nostril is it that and circular breathing is that what they call it it's yeah, different types of meditation it's just sort of there's this other the body fight. meditation one where you say like good night feet good night shins good night <laughs> oh you meant to like basically talk to your body and say good night so it can go to sleep good night arm <laughs> At least that guy will get to sleep quicker. <laughs> He's sleeping with a pet. Does that, that doesn't count? Help. Yeah. That's worse. Why? Because they're so adorable. You have to stay up and go. <laughs> that is my problem. Is it the four seven eight? Is that on there? What's the 478? The 478. It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah. You get a really awkward bus somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a penge. <laughs> God, it's boring. I work up in penge. <laughs> it's weird. Is that how people move to penge? <laughs> oh, fuck, not again. Fuck, I'll just leave you. <laughs> Um, the 478 is a technique where you breathe in for four, then you hold your breath for seven, and then you breathe out to the count of eight. And apparently, it's like a miracle. People are going mad about the 478. Ben, what is the actual answer? Okay, I'm going to give Rufus two half marks because I reckon he got close twice. Um, the nostril method is lying on your left side, resting a finger on your right nostril to close it. Breathe slowly and deeply through the left nostril. This is thought to lower blood pressure and is particularly good when menopausal hot flushes are preventing sleep. So, Isn't that the one I said? Pretty much. What, Just get a half mark. Oh, all right. 
Fair enough, I'll give you a half mark. Right, don't be in a mood about it. <laughs> so, here's half a point for Rufus. Basically, just for saying there are meditation methods. The humming method, sit comfortably, breathe in deeply and hum. Focus on the hum vibrating in your chest. After six breaths, sit quietly for a moment. Tell yourself, I'm ready for sleep. Get up slowly and go to bed. I haven't tested any of these, by the way. And uh, finally, this was the... Uh, this is working, by the way, I'm yeah. feeling Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is irony. Um, the saying, goodnight to your body, what yes. do you call it? The squeeze and relax method. Lie on your back, breathe deeply through your nose, and starting with your toes, move all the way up your body, squeezing and releasing all your muscles one by one. Which Four I think <laughs> I still prefer Bailey's and a wank. Right to the Daily Mirror. <laughs> so, Ben, what are the scores at the end of that round? Michael and Rufus have one and a half, Margaret and Diane have a half. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Next up, like nearly every single episode of Dead Ringers, this is Agony. In this round, I'll be getting the panel to answer some real-life problems for our audience. But before that, let's test their advice gamma rays with a real problem Geiger counter. Sent to an actual agony art. Michael, can you read this out, please? I can, thank you. Dear... (laughs) Dear agony art, I recently discovered that my son, who is 17 is a homosexual. We are part of a church group and I fear that if people in that group find out, they will make fun of me for having a gay child. He won't listen to reason. And he will not stop being gay. I feel as if he is doing this just to get back at me for forgetting his birthday for the past three years. I have a very, very busy work schedule. Please help him make the right choice in life by not being gay. He won't listen to me, so maybe he will listen to you. Margaret and Diane, how do you deal with a massive homophobe? Well, I guess the point is, if it's that easy to choose, maybe he or she, whoever wrote the letter, should be gay for a year and see how easy it is That's very good to advice. become gay. <laughs> Diane, Diane, have you ever embarrassed your parents? Never. <laughs> and they're very proud of you. Yeah, I think so. I don't know, you'd have to ask them. <laughs> My parents are the same, no interest. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret, why don't you... they stop going to church? That would be a solution. Yeah. 
Yeah. But then God... <laughs> but then God would cry. Is that what you want? God is dead. <laughs> All right, Nietzsche. Um, but I love the main reason they're writing is that they'd be embarrassed. Yeah. Be embarrassed by their church group. What sort of reason is that to do anything? Oh, this is the problem. We're just shooting fish in a barrel here. <laughs> we're in no, London. No, we're just fighting gay guys. <laughs> We're in London in a room full of people who are clearly, you know, moderately intelligent. <laughs> clearly the person that wrote this is a cunt. Yeah. Any, any dressing up of this that we do other than religious fuckwit is a fuckwit. It's like, well, what are we meant to do? Like, you believe in an invisible man who lives in a cloud that told you that bumming was wrong. <laughs> fucking backward from beginning to end like everything everything in this letter is fucking morally and intellectually abhorrent I don't know why we would waste our time oh, no, well, no 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 but quite seriously what we, what we should is we should be trying to help the sun no look the only hope for the sun is get the fuck out of there yeah. is just move your excellence your worth should not be held accountable to these fucking morons and that's sort of how I feel about this country <laughs> it's all coming out now <laughs> every time somebody retweets something Katie Hopkins said I'm like what are you fucking doing ignore her and she'll go away every time you mention her name that is money in her bank just stop talking about her and she'll go she's like, like Beetlejuice isn't she or the <laughs> We are so much better than this. You know what, Rufus? Someone might be at home listening to this on the internet and their parents are cunt and then they're going, well, I might as well shoot the fuckers and we'll have done a good job. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think he said run away, not, not kill them. <laughs> hey, my dad, for my last birthday, sent me a text, so, you know... What did it say? Oh, my God! That is, what is this? The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Bought me a box of smokes. <laughs> what about you, Dad? No, Dad. What about you? It was a banner year in the war. Fuck you. <laughs> ben, what, what was the actual answer? It's the answer. Just freeze with your fists in the air while simple minds play. <laughs> I'm going to give Margaret two points and Rufus one here. Um, the advice comes from Ask Amy in the Washington Post. She says, why not change your own sexuality to show your son how easy it is? Simply, simply stop being a heterosexual to demonstrate that a person's sexuality is a matter of choice. I'm assuming that my suggestion will evoke the reaction that your sexuality is at the core of who you are. The same is true for your son. So two points to Margaret for that. And then a point to Rufus for pressuring your son to change his sexuality is wrong. If you cannot learn to accept him as he is, it might be safest for him to live elsewhere. Wow. Covered that. Nailed. Yeah. Feeling much better about homophobia. Thank you. You're feeling better about homophobia? Yeah. <laughs> Done. Cured. There's a t-shirt slogan. <laughs> now you've learnt how a real agony aunt does it, let's see how you handle some problems from tonight's audience. <laughs> This is from Jonathan. Is Jonathan here? Jonathan, who's going to a school reunion. Hello. Hello. I don't think you've really let your school years go. <laughs> the, the speed with which that hand raised in the air and stayed there was a sight to behold. Jonathan says, I'm going to a school reunion 30 years on. 
How do I deal with the awkward dead-end conversations, suppressed emotions and realisations of the unstoppable march of time etched into every face? Hannel. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only one way. Drink. <laughs> that, I mean, that is the plan. But, like, arrive shit face. <laughs> no, no, no. Arrive absolutely <laughs> fucked up. In that way, the, the only way you can stay upright is to grab the lapels of people you're talking to. <laughs> because fundamentally, there is no part of you that should care what those people think. But, but so can way I ask, why are you going? I kind of think I like some of them. Have you had a really successful life since you left? Um, better. Better. <laughs> better than being a schoolboy. Yeah, if you were still a schoolboy, that would be bad. Are you doing better than they are? I won't know until I get there. Really? None of them well, are Well, that's Facebook. really what this is about then, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> you see, I came in with, like, obviously you don't care because why would you care? Now we know you fucking do care. <laughs> so here's how you approach that situation. You get a fucking limo and, <laughs> like, a silk tuxedo. Jonathan, have you ever hired a prostitute? Because <laughs> now may be the time to start. He's, he's just looking at his wife. What? <laughs> ignore her, oh, ignore not his wife. Is that your wife? Yeah. She's oh, beautiful. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I can't... a prostitute. I haven't got my glasses on. <laughs> All we've done there is learn a bit more about Danielle. <laughs> Danielle, Who your would, mark of she success... She would hire a prostitute. <laughs> Danielle's mark of success is when she sees some woman, like, mascara all down one face, holding on. Those are the only hookers I've ever seen. The ones that used to be outside King's Cross with, like, one tooth. Judgmental, there was yeah, beautiful prostitutes. Yeah, Billy Piper. <laughs> Hire Billy Piper. Hire Billy Piper. It's universal advice. <laughs> Are you making your wife go to this reunion? I didn't realise I was making her. <laughs> well, check now. <laughs> Listen, mate, oi, 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 listen, mate, mate, oi. Mate, seriously, mate, seriously, oh, mate, seriously, mate, you've got a fit wife, right? You're wearing a nice shirt, you're fucking gold, mate, you're fucking gold. <laughs> fucking, but you've got nothing to worry about, mate. Fit bird, you're doing all right. Uh, well, uh, what I would say is uh, learn to break dance. <laughs> that, that's going to come in handy, isn't what, it? What was your nickname at school? Cobblers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? You're fine. You're actually, if they actually gave you a nickname, that means they don't yeah. hate you. Oh. Why was your name Cobblers? Because my name's Cobb. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> and they once shoved a shoe up him. <laughs> and it came out mended. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jonathan, has anybody helped you on the panel? I like Rufus's pep talk. Point to Rufus! <laughs> Right. <laughs> David. Is David in the audience who has two housemates who have sex? Yeah. <laughs> there he is. David's problem is, two of my housemates have started sleeping together loudly and regularly. The rest of us in the house have tried to comprehend how they are able to go on for one to two hours at a time making so much noise. Even the neighbours have asked how they managed to perform so well. <laughs> Do the two of them know something that we don't? <laughs> That's his problem. <laughs> Honestly, there is no way it should take that long. No. <laughs> it's actually impolite. 
it gets really sore down there after about ten minutes. <laughs> but I've heard it in like hotel. Like if I'm saying hotel, I hear a couple, you know, in the next room, really going for it. And I just, oh my god, you're both faking it. <laughs> if you heard from one person, you go, fine. Well, at least one of you is being honest. <laughs> but both people, oh my god, you're the best. You're, you're the best. What? What a coincidence! <laughs> the two best people are fucking in a travel lodge. I, I happen to know that Michael insists on silence from both parties. <laughs> Is it always like this? <laughs> it's a little yeah, dirty. Sorry. In this <laughs> David, where are you, David? Uh, how many of you live in your house? There are six of us. No, oh, that's it. Six. I'm still at uni. Is it a girl and boy doing yes, it? Yes, it is. Okay. And how old are they? Twenty-one and twenty-two. Yeah, they're just don't checking know what they're their doing. legal. They don't know what they're doing, and that's why they're making that noise. Yeah. They yeah. have no fucking idea. You should, every time you hear that, you go, "Ha ha! They're having terrible sex." Because that's what they're doing. Yeah. I think the four of you should get together in the next room and really give it some. You know. There's a WhatsApp. Oh, there's a WhatsApp for the people who aren't having sex. Yes, and, and, and the next door neighbour is in. And the next door is in the WhatsApp. <laughs> Diane, have you got any advice for David? He's got noisy sexes going on. Put some earplugs in. So <laughs> what your problem is? You said it was distracting you from something. What's it distracting? It was you distracting from? me during sex. Actually, that was the problem. I was with someone. Oh, we, I yeah, see. All oh, right, well, put, put earplugs in. On, <laughs> Day, you know what? They're a blockbuster movie that is empty and it's a void of anything. You're yeah. a lovely little indie film that has heart and soul. <laughs> that no one's got any interest in. <laughs> but come award season! Yeah. <laughs> David, who are you going to give points to? I'll go for earplugs. Earplugs works. Diane! Yes. Ben, what are the scores? Three and a half each. Yeah. <laughs> you made that up. <laughs> it's time to ask the experts. This is the round where we show ourselves up to a trained professional by making the panel guess what they're thinking. So let's welcome today's expert, criminal defence lawyer, Greg Foxsmith. <laughs> Very unusual for a lawyer to be cheered up to this platform. Can we have a, have a traditional round of booze? <laughs> see, see what happens when you leave. <laughs> Greg, have you ever defended anybody famous? Uh, well, I defended Asher D from So Solid Crew. He had a... oh, no! All right, bring it up. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah, got a result in 21 seconds. There we go. <laughs> Did you, uh, did you do that? You the jokes. No, no, no. It was a good joke. Right, panel, in a moment you're going to have to second guess what Greg would do in some criminal law-based situations, but before then you've got a chance to ask him any questions to get to know him a little bit better. What made you want to be a lawyer? Did you like watching... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit like liar. Oh, um, lawyer. Did you watch LA Law or something? <laughs> Did you watch Ali McBeal? <laughs> well, uh, did you watch Crown Court? I'm old enough. <laughs> Thank you. Now we're talking. Yeah, Crown Court. That was that was the one. Um, 
Well, it was a couple of things. Firstly, as a football fan at away grounds, being treated badly by the police made me want to stand up and say, you know, this is wrong. Don't treat people like uh, criminals when they're not. And uh, also, I had a little incident at school where myself and a friend were wrongly accused, and I thought afterwards it's a terrible thing to be you know, accused of something you haven't done. So those were probably two inspirations. Have you ever been accused of something you did do and still want to get off it? <laughs> Yeah, I think my wife's in the audience, so uh, she's accused me of several things, and I, and I deny all of them, and I still do. Is it true that a pregnant lady can use a policeman's helmet to wee in if she's caught a shot? Well, you try it, and I'll certainly defend you on that. She's not pregnant! I'm not going to get pregnant just so I can find out. I think that's sexist. Why can the father of uh, a <laughs> unborn child not piss in a policeman's helmet? Well, you try it and I'll defend you too. <laughs> um, the European Human Rights Act, there's a lot spoken about it and it's vaguely sort of pretty much unnecessary. Where do you stand on that? Yeah. Wow. The, the Human Rights Act, I'm a big supporter because actually everybody um, has rights and people who want to stop those rights are effectively fascists, in my view. That's as simple as that. I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I like I've, I've got a question. Do you think you're better than me? <laughs> I do. I think he's better than you. Don't get me wrong, I do. <laughs> Um, well, we'll start with the first scenario then. Greg is defending everybody's favourite type of amateur athlete, the loudmouth rugby bellend. <laughs> Allegedly, the rugby bellend is so proud of his own actual bellend that he waggles it about in a pub after a rowdy night out with the lads from Eton. He's been charged with indecent exposure and the key witness is the landlady who says she was shocked and horrified at the enormous wanger. However, the client tells Greg his own penis is actually rather small. What would Greg do in this situation? Surely it's not the size of the wanger in question, but the principle of the wanger in the... In the... No, but if the witness says it's massive and it's not, then that is... Yeah, but, listen, as a man, <laughs> there are occasions where I walk past the mirror and I'm like, well done, sir. <laughs> and there are other occasions where I'm like, tell no one. <laughs> I, I You're saying that to your mirror? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Margaret. <laughs> I can confirm that is almost exactly what happens. <laughs> then he dresses up as an old woman and gives a man with a big wang a poisoned apple. <laughs> You must have flashed somebody at some point. I, I honestly am surprised I'm wearing clothes now. I'm a big fan of knob out. But there are a few different ways of doing knob out. And the nature of knob out in question is wrong. It is wrong. The knob out that I'm a fan of is the casual knob out. Right? Which isn't the standing up in the middle of the pub, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's the walking down the high street as if one were fully clothed. The like, oh, that's a good offer in Dixon's. Like, just... I listen. don't know, I just don't want to see one in Dixon's. Does that make me... I don't think Dixon's even exists anymore, anymore. Do you? It's not, but it's not flashing. 
There's like a difference between nudity and look at my cock. Yeah, but we've had a test case on that with... Um, anyone heard of the Naked Rambler? I have heard. Yeah, oh, yeah. this is a very sad case because he's done exactly that. He's just wandered around naked, offending nobody, but unfortunately the courts have put him in prison and each time the prison sentence goes up and up and up and he's serving years in prison for nothing more than a bit of harmless nudity. Yeah. I've got a question. Uh, can I go to the toilet? <laughs> you absolutely can, yeah. Drank too much. I'll be, back. I'll be back in a minute. Do you want me to be you for a bit? Yeah, go on, do me. Are you a liar? <laughs> <laughs> so offensive. <laughs> um, yeah, no. You're defending getting your penis out in Dixon. Uh, no, so uh, remember that thing when you first went on a holiday as a kid to France and there were topless women on the beach and you were like, oh my god! Oh my god, they got their boobies out! You just go, no, no, culturally it's a different thing, it doesn't have the same, like, oh my I just think we should be like that about all nudity everywhere in the world because there is no intrinsic relationship between being naked and that being a sexual. Act. That's a beautiful point. I look forward to seeing you in Iran. <laughs> Listen, as a man, I could do that all day long. Yeah, it's, it's when you get your neck out. That's when, <laughs> that's when we sharpen the rocks, bitch. He's right. I am right. Um, Greg, what is the actual answer to this situation? Well, this is a true case, and in fairness to the uh, defendant, he, he did deny flashing in the pub. He said that he had a pair of baggy trousers, and as he kept hoisting them up, his thumb protruded through the zip, and, uh, and what the landlady saw was a thumb. But he did also have, uh, as he told me in conference, a very small penis, but he was very reluctant to put that forward as a defence. I can't imagine, you know, he why. He had a small penis, but a massive thumb. <laughs> Weird things happen. So, obviously, there was no way that we could produce the uh, exhibit uh, in court. <laughs> so, what we had to do was we sent him to his GP, who had to take measurements of his member, uh, both erect and flaccid, and then we made a plasticine model and produced that <laughs> as an exhibit and uh, demonstrated that the landlady's recollection was clearly wrong. Here's Greg's second scenario. After a morning treating himself to a masculine mani-pedi, Greg sets off to meet a new client who he's defending, a man or woman, who are we to judge, who has been charged with stealing all of the diamonds from a very wealthy yet terribly secretive billionaire, Lady Birdman. When Greg and the client meet, the client says, I've done it, but I want you to get me off. What would Greg do in this situation? <laughs> Lady Birdman's a really good secret identity for a billionaire and superhero. Lady Birdman. <laughs> Lady Birdman. <laughs> I thought of that. <laughs> now, if you were a lawyer yeah. and your uh, client said, I did it, but I want you to get me off, I, what would you well, do? You've taken the oath, haven't you, of, of law. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't you say, all right, we're going to have to plead guilty? But moreover, on a podcast, even if what you would actually do is go, yeah, all right, well, let's come up with a plausible excuse. <laughs> the fact that people are going to hear you say this means you have to say, well, obviously, I would say I could no longer take the case. I couldn't provide the plausible deniability required, you know, to provide you with the best service. You have to say that. You do have to say that. But say, for instance, it was me that was the lawyer. I go, yeah, fuck, I'll do it. <laughs> because it's an adventure. 
Maybe that's what you've lost out on. Maybe you've just lost your way in your job. You forgot about the magic of lawyering. Oh, Diane's I'm back. back. Did I miss anything? Yeah, uh, a bit of libel. Oh, really? Tiny, tiny bit of yeah. libel. Um, Diane, if you were a lawyer yeah. and uh, you're defending... Entirely you're... possible. Yeah. <laughs> your client said, I've done a really horrible thing, but I want you to pretend that I haven't. What would you do? I'd work out a way that I could get the money and get him off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you a lawyer? <laughs> Greg, what would you do in this situation? It would depend how strong the evidence is. Usually you would encourage someone to plead guilty and get a reduced sentence. But actually a lawyer can represent someone even if they've admitted their guilt because it's an adversarial system and it's not just are you innocent or guilty, it's can the prosecution prove your guilt. So what you can do is put the prosecution to proof and say, can you prove it? What you certainly can't do as a lawyer is manufacture an alibi or assist them in putting forward a, a false defence. So, for example, if Rufus was to walk naked down the street, as he seems very keen on doing, um, and, said, and then said to his lawyer, well, I did do that, you could still take the case and maybe take a human rights point, freedom of expression, I don't know, something like that. What you couldn't do is fabricate a false alibi. I once represented someone who was charged with uh, possession of cannabis. He'd elected a jury trial, went to the Crown Court. He, he did admit the offence to me, but... He said, I want to see whether the prosecution can prove it, or even whether a jury's really going to convict me for such a happy thing of possessing cannabis. So we just went there with no real defence, but just to see, well, 12 people, surely there's at least three puffers on the jury, you know? (laughs) (laughs) The thing that stands out for me in my mind about that case was that he was a bit of a cannabis campaigner, and by the time we got to trial, he had actually changed his surname by Deedpool to Free Cannabis, as a sort of campaign slogan. And I always remember being at the... At Middlesex Guildhall Crown Court, as it then was, and I think came over the tannoy. Free cannabis in court one. Free cannabis in court one. And boy, you should have seen everybody move. Well, thank you, Greg. Have you got anything you would like to plug? He's <laughs> got a well, range of pasta I, I, sauces. <laughs> come, come and see you in trial. Yeah, actually, um, all courts courts are open. When can we see you in court next? Uh, Tomorrow, in a London Crown Court, yeah. Oh, there you go, guys, free. (laughs) Please, a big round of applause for Defence Lawyer Greg He is a better person than Final round, what the scores produce have been? Michael and Rufus with three and a half, Margaret and Diane have four. <laughs> like anyone who voted you, Kip, it's time to do the wrong thing. <laughs> do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! Do the wrong thing! In this final round, I want the panellists to tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any situation. The winner will get a kiss from a rose from Seal. <laughs> That's the song. <laughs> the round ends when producer Ben honks. So, first one. You discover one of your children is probably Jesus. What is the wrong thing to do? Put him on Britain's Got Talent. Uh, Stick your fingers in his stigmatas. <laughs> Sorry, can I just clarify the answer to all of these is the wrongest thing you can do? The wrongest do. thing, yeah. Fuck a baby. 
very wrong. <laughs> What's wronger than that? Well... Two babies? Uh, <laughs> Clive comes round. What Clive? is the wrong thing? <laughs> Clive? Who's Clive? Clive comes round. What is the wrong thing to do? <laughs> let, let Clive in. <laughs> Clive comes round. Is that, is I'm that, saying that, it! That is literally the question. Clive comes round. What's the wrong thing to do? Yeah. Yeah, Michael. The wrong thing to do is to ask Clive, how's his wife? Yeah. Because she recently really? passed away. Yeah. That's actually very wrong. That is wrong. Yeah. You see dead people, what is the wrong thing to do? Introduce them to Clive. <laughs> Every time you have a wee, a fish comes out your penis. What is the wrong thing to do? Uh, Britain's got talent. Yeah. <laughs> Start an aquarium. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. The right thing is to wank and get them all out at once. <laughs> no, the right thing is to learn how to shit chips. <laughs> So what are the scores produced then? The scores are... Wow, close. Mark and Diane have six, Michael and Rufus have six and a half! Well done, Michael and Rufus! Thanks for listening to the show. Goodbye! Do the right thing with Diane Morgan, Rufus Howe, Mark K. Ross Smith, Michael Rick, Esper against Greg Fox, Smith and me, Daniel Moore. I'd advise you to produce them all that we could stop together with Ashley Tim from David Wiggins. Martin White for the music. Thank you for Phoenix for having us. And to Natasha Caffrey and Sarah Grunt for helping out. word from our sponsor. God. <laughs> Hello, my name is Danielle Ward from the podcast Do the Right Thing, which you may or may not have heard of. I am taking a show to the Edinburgh Fringe this year. It is called Seventeen and it is on at the Just the Tonic Caves at 2.40 every day except for the 15th, but that's just admin. Would you, would you like us to advertise your show? Yes, you do it now, you do what? <laughs> Hi, we're Danielle Ward, and we have a show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year. This is the worst episode of Whose Line Is Anyway? And you can come and see my show, 17th at 2.40 at Just the Tonic Cave. Not the 15th. Not the 15th. You can come on the 15th, but you'll be up Fuck Creek. <laughs> Tickets are £6. Who the hell are you? the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.